Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God, and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Fantastic. You can high five yourself, you know, yeah. It's called a clap. Um, so I uh, last week, um, I would encourage you to get the message from last week uh, because uh, I, I am not going to be able to uh, summarise what we spoke about last week except for giving you uh, the paths and the, the first six steps of the pathway that I started talking about in relation to sin. Now, sin for most people is not that of an exciting subject, is it, right? You know, it's like, hey, we're going to talk about sin this week. Ah, <laughs> yeah, no thanks. Uh, and um, and so often it's it's something that, you know, sometimes we just need to be able to sit down. We need to be able to process. We need to be able to think about because how many know what we learned last week that how many know that, that sin, the definition of sin is lawlessness against God. But the truth is this, is that when we look back at the Garden of Eden and the book of Genesis, when sin first entered, sin was designed to what? Sin is designed to keep us trapped. Sin is designed to keep us locked away into really discovering who we are as children of God. You see, uh, the devil said these words, why don't you, my paraphrase, why don't you go and eat of that fruit? He didn't say, why don't you go and sin? <laughs> remember that? Do we remember the book of Genesis, what happened at the beginning? He said to Eve, why don't you go and eat that fruit? He didn't say, why don't you go and enter into sin? He said, why don't you go and eat that fruit? And, and Eve replied rightly, well, no, God has forbidden us to eat, and eat that fruit because eat of that tree because we will surely die. And, and, and that death is that separation from God. That's what that death is because God is love and we find life in God. And so essentially what uh, took place is that both Adam and Eve was entered into disobedience against God. Sin entered, sin entered mankind, and we are living in that state now, except for one dramatic thing. Jesus came, he died, he rose again to restore that life, that life, that life, listen to me, life to us to its fullest. Amen? Amen? So you just heard the gospel in about maybe three minutes, right? That is the gospel that we are invested in, that we are uh, partakers of, that we are experiencing. And so sin keeps us trapped in an identity that God never, ever intended for us to be in. You see, when Adam and Eve entered into sin and willingly chose that, when against God, what God's instructions, in other words, lawlessness against God, entered into rebellion, did what they thought was the right choice instead of what God had already instructed and knew to be the right choice, when Adam and Eve entered into that, well then uh, they entered into an, an identity that, that, that was never designed for them. They were meant to be at one in unity with the, with the Lord and that death that took place was the disconnection from God. In order to remain connected to God, well then they had to make sacrifices and, uh, and offerings to the Lord, all right? They had to worship the Lord differently. Now, that is not the identity that... God wants for you. Hello? 
Now, I'm going to talk about something and I want to talk about it a little bit in-house. So if you're watching online, please welcome, welcome to join in. But I want to talk about a few things in relation to us as a church and you as individuals. I do not think that we have entered into as a church the freedom that God wants for us as a church. We haven't attained it yet. Now, in faith, we have. But let me unpack that just a little bit. Too often, we see ourselves through our own failures. Now, our own failure, Romans 8 says this, there is, now no, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Very, very clear to you in saying that God does not condemn you. So don't live condemned. A condemned person, if they are living in jail or, or locked up or doing that, a condemned person carries a different demeanour, right? Essentially, there's no hope. They are subject to other authority over them. Romans 8, there is now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. You're completely free of any sin. So it's time to live like that. Now, this is what I'm trying to say to you. As a church, I'm not sure that we've entered into the complete freedom yet. Why? Because I feel that the Lord is wanting to partner with us as a church to experience something new in him. Hello? And it's all written here already. Are you ready? So it's a bit like this. It's a bit like this. If I was a policeman and I carried a badge, but I didn't believe in the power of the badge or the uniform that I wore... then how could I enforce that power? How could I enforce it? I've got something really exciting to tell you. We're going to open the scripture again because I don't think God has finished with us in relation to 1 John 3 and 4. We're going to open the scripture again and we're going to follow the pathway that I believe 1, 1 John 3 and 4 is highlighting to us so that you can step into the being a child of God. Now, you, you might say, I'm a, I know that, Matthew. I know that, Matthew. But my question to you is this. And this is a question that I often ask myself. Where do I need to live in my life, like a child of the king? Is it in my thought life? Is it in my decisions? Maybe I'm intimidated by the enemy. Am I, experienced, am I experiencing something where I need to partner with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who sends the Holy Spirit as my teacher and helper of where I need to believe in the badge and the uniform that I've been given. Where do you need to do the same? Isaiah 61 verse 10 says, I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. 
What you need to understand about that scripture is I will. It's a choice. It's an engagement of our will. And you see, we have to engage our will to enter into being a child of God. It's not just something that just goes boom, da-da. I wake up one morning and I'm just better looking. I wish. This requires work. And it might be a bit more work that's required. Don't you say amen. Hey. I'm working on it, Raymond, all right? So is Anna, just quietly. But the point is, the point is, it just doesn't happen. I will rejoice in the Lord. It's an engagement and it's a choice. So when we come into this place of worship, when we wake up in the morning, sometimes it has to be, I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exalt in my God. What do we know of our soul to be? Our mind, our will and our emotions. Sometimes we don't feel like it. Sometimes we're a little bit emotional. And I'm not, I'm not saying emotional. I'm saying sometimes we're really happy. Do you notice sometimes when life is really joyful that sometimes, sometimes... We don't rejoice in the Lord because we're happy. Life's good, (laughs) right? My soul will exalt my God. So what's exalting? Exalting is lifting him up in worship this morning. We are breaking into new levels of worship. But you will not break into new levels of worship until you understand the power of the badge that you carry and the clothes that you wear, the uniform that you wear. It's like what Kelly said this morning. You've been let out of jail. You've been given salvation. You've been given victory over the devil. You've been given health and life where sickness is no more. Now, does that mean sometimes we get a cold and sometimes we might get a cancer thing and and things like that? Does that mean that we're defeated? Absolutely not. For he, Isaiah 61 verse 10, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. That's your new uniform. Wow, put it on. The scripture says, (laughs) what does it say? I've got to get it right. I will put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness has been lifted. What are you waiting for? Do you want to wait for the spirit of heaviness to lift in order to put on the garment of praise? Or you want to put on the garment of praise to get rid of the spirit of heaven. I don't care which way you approach it. Just put on the flipping garment of praise. Because the spirit of heaviness won't last too long when you do. We've got to break through into a new level because there is a revival that is coming. There is a revival that's coming. What If it ha- wasn't so, if it wasn't so, God wouldn't have sent his only son. Jesus wouldn't have given the mandate, go out into all the world. Hello? This is the mandate. This is the uniform. This is the badge that we wear. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness. What is righteousness? I'll tell you what righteousness is. Righteousness is right standing before God. Hello? It's a right standing before God. That's what righteousness is. We have a robe of righteousness. So guess what? Where righteousness reigns in our life, where right standing reigns in our life, sin cannot. Does that mean we battle every now and then? Sure. But we put on the garment of salvation We're clothed in the robe of righteousness. Can you start to feel it? Start to imagine yourself clothed with a garment of salvation and a robe of righteousness, right standing before God. 
And when the enemy tries to shoot those fiery arrows of lies and sin, and but don't you remember? You've been caught in that. Don't you remember what you did yesterday? What? Listen, I heard somebody say once, when the devil reminds you of your past and your failures, remind him of his future. Because he's being thrown into the fiery pit. Not yet, but he will. So listen, you are a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Rejoice greatly in it. As now, now this is how we come into the Lord. Isaiah 61 verse 10. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds extravagant. As a bridegroom decks himself. You know, fellas, if you want to deck out your car, what are you going to do? Put some mags, lower it, put a great stereo in it, right? Ladies, if you're going to deck yourself out, I'm just stabbing in the dark here. It's a nice dress, some nice clothing, some jewellery, you do your hair, right? Hmm. Sounds, and it says, and a bride adorns herself with jewels. Sounds a bit like we're getting ready for Jesus coming again, doesn't it? Doesn't it? So how about every day we have this opportunity to put our best foot forward and say, I'm a child of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Soul, you will come into right alignment. You will get back in your place because you will exalt the Lord your God. Hello? Now, though I know, I know there are times that, look, we just don't feel like it. I get it. That's when the spirit of humility comes in and we say, God, man, I remember what I used to be. I remember what you've saved me from. Hmm? It's not a threat. What it is, it's a beautiful promise. This is where... God has positioned us. Are you ready? 1 John 3 and 4. We're going to land this. I'm determined to land this. Are you ready? Are we good? Let's just pray a moment. Father, right now, we just thank you for your peace. We thank you that you have called us to be children of God. Today, we put on the right uniform. We carry the right badge, the robe of righteousness, the garment of praise, Oh, Jesus, thank you that you have given us salvation. Now, Lord, we hear the mandate upon our life. Holy Spirit, help us hear your instruction. Holy Spirit, would you declare breakthrough for everybody here today and watching online and listening? Lord, would you... Enact the breakthrough that you have prepared for each and every single person. Lord, right now, for this church, for your precious, precious Manningham Christian Centre, for this precious community, Lord, for each and every precious person, Lord, I declare as a church that we are breaking new ground and breaking into a brand new area of grace, favour, salvation and effectiveness in your kingdom, in Jesus' name. We all said, amen. amen and amen. All right, we've got a few stepping stones. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay, so 1 John, <clears throat> 1 John uh, chapter 3, it says, Behold what manner of love the Father bestowed upon us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because the world did not know him. The first stepping stone was the very truth that in verse 3 it says, everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So we have to understand the first stepping stone is we are children who purify ourselves. Jesus has paid the price, but it is up to us to walk in that response, in the right response to him in that, okay? Number two, the next set stepping stone is sin is lawlessness against God. So it's where we battle against his will, 
all right? It's, the Bible describes it as enmity against God. Sin is enmity against God. Now, listen, do not. I'll, I'll, give, you a, I'll give you a heads up. Whenever I say these things, what I sense that comes into the room, now, this, this will sound a bit funny, all right? And, I, and it, it's not funny. For me to be able to properly spiritually lead the church here, I need to be able to walk in discernment. And what often happens is that when we talk about, or when I talk about sin in, in essence, often what comes into the room is this, is this, it's like we start to look at all the blemishes in the mirror of our own heart and our life. And there is a different feeling that comes into the room. Let me help you understand this. Jesus has dealt with it. You're a child of God. End of story. Okay? End of story. So don't think that whenever we mention sin, do not step into the religious condemned nature of that sin. Okay? Everyone is on common ground right now. The Bible says that everybody has sinned. Everybody's fallen short of the glory of God. What's the goal? Let me just, yeah, let's pause on that for a minute. The Bible says, I haven't got scripture in reference, but the Bible says everyone has fallen short of the glory of God. So if I, if I have an arrow here and I'm aiming for that iPad just there, which would be a, if I miss that, that would be a terrible, I'd be a terrible shot. But if, I, but if I'm aiming and I let that arrow go and that arrow goes, what's happened? It's fallen short. This is the glory of God. What was his purpose for you? Sure, but what's his purpose for you? What's it called? G -g -gl right, glory. Glory. Man, explore that for a minute. You should spend 12 months on that. What is it to experience his glory? That's his presence. That's breakthrough, right? Right? So, it's, you know, sin is not where you live, Right? Everybody has fallen short of the glory. So therefore, Jesus came to restore what? No, an iPad. Of course, glory. That's right, glory. Okay. I'm determined to finish this. Let's go. You ready? So sin is lawlessness against God, all right? There is a moment to say, Holy Spirit, help me address that issue. Walk with me in that. Now, listen, you're an amazing, amazing church. We are an amazing, amazing church. And you, this room is filled with an amazing people, including the pastors over this church and department leaders and leadership of this church, that if there is an area of sin that you are struggling with, then we lock shields together and we help you. We help each other in that. You hear me? So you are never on your own, all right? But there is a moment of where we need to say, Lord, help me where I am in enmity against you. Help me where by my nature I'm learning to grow and I'm overcoming it. Okay, is that cool? Let's move on. Stepping stone three is verse seven and eight, where it says that we practice righteousness. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. So our life is made to live practicing righteous. How many know that it's great to practice it? Yeah? It's great to practice it. And the greatest thing about practicing is sometimes we get it wrong. Because we're still what? Practicing. We're not performing. It's not about performance. It's about practicing. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Point, uh, stepping stone number four, whoever has been born of God does not sin. We don't stop being children because we are of his seed. My kids can be the worst little snots and all the time, right? But they don't stop being my children. I don't love them any less, all right? They still are who they are, amen? 
Number five, verse 10, is love separates us from the children of the devil. How good is that? How great is love? How great is love? Man, that is so powerful. You'd think that Jesus' blood separates us from the devil. No, it was because he loved us that he gave his life. It's because love separates us. It says here, um, uh, verse 11, for this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Nice work. All right, point number six is where we got to last week. It was, do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. Do you know, do you feel sometimes that just, oh, man, you know, just I wish the world would just see some truth. I just, I just wish they'd come to the party. Guess what? So there are some that are never, ever going to. I pray for them. We bless them. We don't hate them uh, just because they hate us. But, you know, Jesus actually said, blessed are those who persecute. Blessed are those who hate you, right? Uh, Who are are hated for for his purposes. So the world will hate us. This is the sixth Uh, stepping stone, the world will hate us, but superior truth and greater reality will take place in and through you through the power of love. Challenges that which the world would attempt to convince us of. So we have to understand that the world would try to convince us that God's way is not the way. Okay, that's as simple as it is. It, the, the spirit of this world will always... Do you ever feel like you're constantly at war? Because you are. <laughs> okay. Verse 7. Are you ready? Here we go. Uh, not verse 7. Stepping stone 7 is this. Verse 20 of 1 John chapter 4. Sorry, chapter 3. Sorry. First John chapter 3, verse 20. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Do you know, have you ever woken up in the morning going, oh, God, I just really just don't feel like doing any of this today. It's like because last night I did that and I said this to the kids and I, I got angry over there or, I, you, know, I, you know. If our heart condemns us, sometimes there's a, a little bit of conviction goes a long way. But if our heart condemns us, don't worry, don't stress out about it. Why? Why? Because there's this promise. God is greater than our heart. So at that point, we just come and we say, Holy Spirit, <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, that even though this little heart that you've given me is grappling with a better truth, with a better way of living, continue to teach me today. If I didn't achieve it yesterday, help me achieve it today. <laughs> Why? Because the Bible says, His mercies a new every morning. Every morning. Every evening. Every day. Every minute. God, thank you for your new mercies. How good is God? Amen? All right, we're going to skip down to verse 24. Stepping stone number eight. Obey God and keep his commandments. It says here, now he, verse 24, now he who keeps his commandments abides in him and he and he this is a promise here that Jesus that Yahweh God of creator of heaven and earth as we are children of him he abides is in us as we obey his commandments how do we know his commandments we read his word that's the best that's the best way to start we learn it we read it we read it with each other you know, I love our home base that gets, to, that gets together. We've been chewing on these two chapters, the poor home base, for about three months. <laughs> but each time, I, I, just, I, I just love it. It's, it's good. I'm looking for our home base members here. They've just sort of stepped out. Well, anyway, um, but it's, it's like really, really good. If you're watching online, tell, us, tell everyone that it's really good. What happens is God allows in those moments as we 
discover the word together. There's a time to discover the word as an individual, amen? But there's also power in discovering and opening the word together. Why? Because sometimes, sometimes Anna has better revelation than I do. Sometimes I have better revelation than, than, than Matt and Emily do or, or, or Amber does or sometimes Andy, Andy gets on and, 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 he, and he says, yeah, but did you think about that? And I go, wow, I know I didn't. And we start to walk together in the word like what we're doing now. Amen? Stepping stone number nine. We are going over to 1 John chapter 4 verse... Three. <clears throat> this, is a, this is a good one. We could probably spend another 12 months on. You ready? And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. The def- a lot of people go, wow, what's the Antichrist? It must be married at first sight. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it is. It must be Collingwood winning the grand final. That's what it is. No, the name is in the definition. Anything that is anti-Jesus. Pretty simple. And we see that all the time. Don't we? And this is why, this is why as, as John was writing this, he goes, you heard about it, it was coming. Look, there it is. And guess what? There's more to come. Don't be surprised about it. Don't let it catch you off guard. Why? Because you understand the badge and the uniform you wear. Don't be surprised that it tries to come against you. Don't be surprised. But understand the authority that you have. And you just flip out your ID and says, hey, I'm a child of God. You're not. All right? And in that, we show love. Because love is always the antidote to that which is anti-Jesus. Hello? Come on. (laughs) So the Antichrist is that which denies Jesus' existence, is what the Bible says. So it's all, but we have already overcome. This is what it says in verse 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. How good is that? Hello? Verse 10, uh, sorry, stepping stone number 10. I've only got two to go. Are you ready? 10 is at verse 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. How many know that love is not just an emotion? I mean, I am always an emotional in love mess with Anna. But sometimes she is not always an emotional in love mess with me. I know, it's surprising when you look at something like this, right? (laughs) Raymond, I'm still working on it. Thanks, Mum. Mum just said, I love you, son. It required a little bit of work back then, didn't it? So anyway. What number am I up to? Number 10. Okay. So beloved, let us love one another. So how many know love is often a choice? It's a commandment. It's a commandment. Love. Love. Now, does love always mean total acceptance? Acceptance, yes, but righteousness even more so as well. So to be act righteously is to walk in love. Hello? Mm. 
when we do it from that perspective of a servant heart, from a place of humility, understanding our authority that we also have fallen short, then what happens is we walk in a powerful love that's described in the word constantly over and over again. It's described in the parable of the lost son. It's described in the good Samaritan. It's described in the way Jesus died for each and every single one of us. It's described in the way that we should serve our community, that we should serve one another, that we should step into that place of showing love. I love what um, Heidi Baker said. Heidi Baker said, love looks like something. Because if I say I love you to my children but never show them, then how will they display love also? Love will only be lip service. How do we say, Jesus, I love you? By showing him. Help me show you more love, Jesus. Hello? Stepping stone number 11. This is at verse 17. Love has been perfected among us in this. So this is, the, this is what's being shown. Is, this is, I, just, I just want to let this word sink into your heart. You ready? Love has been perfected among us in this. And you'll see that there's a, there's a break there. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Hang on. I thought you said that love has been perfected in us. Doesn't that mean that we're in the green grasses of Wyoming and we just all love each other? No. It would be nice. What this is showing here is that true love, the absolute definition of love, is in the simple truth that in the day of judgment, we're free. Jesus has come. He has perfected love. He is love personified in a perfect way. Love is simply that we can come to God. It's not reduced to an emotion of how we feel about him. It's not reduced to an emotion of, of how he feels about us, even though he has already displayed that to us. You see, it is in this that we may have boldness, boldness to come before him. The boldness comes because we know that we're loved. The boldness comes because we know that he has dealt with our sin. He has dealt with all of that. The boldness comes because we can boldly enter into him. And that's why of a Sunday morning or a prayer time or a time of the word that we come into his presence. Guess what? In the Old Testament, no one could do that. No, not just anyone. They had to go through a series of purification and, 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 and you know, weeks and weeks leading up to it of religious, of religious things. That was never God's design. Even before the law, Abraham was, de was declared a friend of God because of his faith. True. He received his salvation because of faith. I would encourage you, have faith. Have faith. Be bold. You got the badge and the right uniform on. You got a backstage pass, VIP, you're in. I can't put it any simply. Simpler. You carry the answer that the world needs. 
You, the Bible says you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Mm-hmm. But Pastor Matt, I've prayed for people and they haven't. Shouldn't stop you. Shouldn't stop you. Randy Clark says to his students, I want you to, to at least have prayed for at least 500 people before you actually start to see the effectiveness of your prayer. Interesting, isn't it? What happens? What happens? The prayer of faith. The prayer of faith says, I have faith in him. It's not, even though I carry power, it's not in the power that I carry. It's my faith in him. Because if it's faith in me and the power that I carry, it's going to fail regularly. Hello? So God has changed our position because as he is, so are we in this world. We are finally, according to this scripture, positioned correctly before God. Love has been perfected in the fact that Jesus has come as our example. And suddenly, suddenly, we become Jesus in the earth. Oh, hello? Wow. Does that mean sometimes we don't reflect Jesus? Sure. That's okay. Because the Bible says even if our heart condemns us, God's greater than our heart. Mm-hmm. Ready for the number 12? This is the best one. You ready? Remember how love has been perfected and so in that that we boldly can come before God? My goal is not to live life. My goal, my goal is to continually walk with the Lord. In doing so, I live life. This is number 12. Verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. Hmm. Before sin entered, do you think Adam and Eve experienced any fear? No. Child psychologists will tell you that fear is a learned experience. You know when babies go to touch a fire or something hot, what do you do? Ah! It's startling, isn't it? Now, it's fair, right? I mean, I'm not saying don't do that. Yeah, just let the kid touch the fire. They won't touch it again. I'm not saying that, right? But what I am saying is what this is talking about is not the fear that we experience in danger what the fear and the torment that, is, that this is talking about is the torment of where sin places you in a controlling cycle that you can never get out of. That you fall into this trap. And do you know what the amazing truth about this scripture is? Everybody say casts. Casts. You know what cast means? It comes, it's where we get the word chase from. Cast means that love hunts down and chases out fear. And let me tell you, I've had a gutful of the spirit of fear in the body and in the church. It is the most accepted thing 
in the church, I'll tell you that now, of where we stay afraid. Let me tell you right now, fear has no place because the love of God chases it down, hunts it down, kicks it out, gets rid of it. It's no longer your identity. It's no longer who you are. Fear does not belong. It doesn't matter what government can get in. It doesn't matter what's happening over there or the price of fuel. Guess what? Guess what? It doesn't matter on your bank balance because love chases it down and kicks it out. When you understand that you are loved, you're a child of God, fear cannot exist. Every now and then it starts to rise up and you just say, hey, it's not like get back down. It's like get out. It's unacceptable in our families. It's unacceptable in our thoughts. Whatever thought that I have about me that God doesn't have about me is not from God. (laughs) Hello? So it's about time we step into a new place, a new breakthrough. That when we come into a place of worship, I I hope everyone's coming tonight. I hope we pack out the mezzanine that it's too small or whatever. But above all else, I hope that if you're coming tonight, you're coming to worship. You're coming to give it all. Not because you were required to, but because you're given the opportunity to worship a God who loves you. Because you've been let out. Because you have been positioned with a robe of righteousness, clothed in splendour, a garment of salvation, and that the devil has no place, no place, no place in your mind, in your heart, in your body, and that love is running fear out of your life, your family's life, and this community. I would encourage you, get hold of those steps, those 12 steps, and you start to repeat them, you start to live them, you start to engage with them. And I'm telling you this, mm, you'll be as bold as lions. Erwin McManus wrote a book called The Unstoppable Force. And he talked about a church Not a church, the church, carrying the very power that created heaven and earth. As children, together collectively, that we walk in the power that God loves us, in the power that we do not need to be afraid, that we step into this moment of completion, of complete victory. Hello? And when challenges arise, as they do, it's just another opportunity to remind the devil that he's under our feet, firstly, that we praise God for the victory that he's already given us and we start to work at seeing that victory take place. So if you believe it, let's stand up on our feet. Let's activate our faith in this now. If there are areas in your life that you know that it's, Lord, adjust this, adjust that. Sometimes it's a bit like, you know, Holy Spirit's the greatest chiropractor that just needs some adjustment here, just adjustment there. It might be a heart, it might be a mind, it might be a thought, it might be just your attitude and your posture before God. I don't want you to come under, but I want you to come in. Hello? I don't want you to grovel to God because it says boldly we enter in. It doesn't matter how you come. What I'm saying is it's that you come. That you come before Him. That you come. You say, Father, help me live as a child of God. 
You just might want to say those words. Father, help me live as your child. Help me walk in love. Now, Holy Spirit, I just invite you now just to rest upon each and every single person. And Heavenly Father, right now, I ask that you would would help every single person step into a new place of victory, into a new place of, of identity, into a new place of authority and power. Lord, that we would walk in love. Lord, that we serve notice to the demonic entity called fear, where the spirit of religion would attach itself to right now. And Lord, that we would no longer as a church and as a community live under that, Lord, that we step into and over into a place of a beloved child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jesus, I just thank You for what You're doing in our hearts. I thank You for what You're doing in and through our lives, God. I thank You, Jesus, that You have forgiven us, that Your Word says that You are faithful to forgive when we come and confess to You. And so, Lord, right now, right now, we step into that forgiveness, God. That we put yesterday behind us, Lord, and we step into a glorious and magnificent new future in You, in the Name of Jesus. And we all said, Amen and Amen. Thanks, God. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and His presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your Saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, We would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you, and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org, and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details, and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected. We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.